Okay, great. All right, friends. So here we are. Another day, another guest. There's like a million guests this month and I'm super excited, super pumped for us to have someone from a completely different profession that we have not had yet. So we're going to let him introduce himself and go ahead and tell us your name, your age, and where you are located in this world. Okay. Um, my name is Evan Sands. Um, I'm 33. I'm an emergency room physician. Um, I, I live and work here in Los Angeles. Um, I did my residency training in Chicago. And uh, yeah, I moved out here uh, almost a year ago now, right at the start of the pandemic, when I started my real career as an ER doctor on my own. <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. Woo! It was crazy. That's great. Okay, so we know that. So we want to get to know more of your energy and your life a little bit. So tell us something. What is an activity that you do that brings you joy? Um, lately, I've kind of rediscovered my love for the ocean. Like I grew up um, swimming a lot. You know, I grew up in Santa Barbara, California, which is you know, right on the beach. And I was always about a five minute walk from the beach. You know, my childhood, I, I completely took it for granted and moved to Chicago. Um, but since I moved back here, I've been paddle boarding a lot. Um, and mostly that, you know, a little bit of surfing, but um, most. Are you, can you stand up with surfing? Yeah, not well, not as well as I used to when I was a teenager, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm getting better slowly. Yeah. But it brings you joy. What do you think draws you most to like water? I think just being alone, you know, just it's, <laughs> it's always quiet out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like even when there's other people, you can't really hear them. You know, you just only hear the water mm. and yeah, I think the, I need that every now and then because the rest of my life has so much noise. So for sure people screaming left and right mm -hmm. and another random easy question we start with the easy ones then get to the more deep ones uh what's your favorite food ice cream does that <laughs> count as a food no it should you can That's eat it. a dessert <laughs> i've kind of like been exploring la by just finding ice cream places and donut places those two things so you're like a, a sweets guy Oh yeah, big time. Okay, but if you have to choose a food that's like nutritious for you, what would you say you would choose? There is nutrition in ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. Last night after I had a really, really busy shift yesterday, I didn't get to eat or even like have a drink of water or anything for the whole eight hours. And as I was driving home, the one thing I wanted was in and out So I got a burger. We can go with that. Burgers. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. So many people have said burgers, so you're not alone. Just... Well, a good burger has everything you need in it. It's every right. single you know bit of nutritious value you could ever <laughs> your body could ever crave. This is true. So this month we are talking all about success and people's different definitions of success. And I've interviewed people as young as five uh, to ages eighty-two and kind of understanding how people view success. So I want to ask you right now, what do you feel you are the most successful in, in your life at this moment at 33? Mm -hmm. Success means so many different things. Mm -hmm. But right now, 
what what just pops right out at you about your life? My my biggest achievement in life has definitely been getting to be an ER doctor um, because there are so many different roadblocks to getting there and so much grueling training and and examinations that weed you out weed people out every step of the way i mean i must have taken hundreds of of exams in my <laughs> in the past 10 years of my medical training and and i i knew that at the end of all of that there would be this very meaningful career and um you know i i've i've gotten here and you know it's it's been incredibly overwhelming but at the same time i know that i i've reached this job that is incredibly meaningful um and important um you know in a number of different ways so so that's been the most successful thing for me is, is achieving that um, that i'm doing something that that has a lot of problems with it a lot of things about it that i don't like but at the same time it's in my mind i feel the thing that i'm that brings me the most um the most meaning in my life the, the yeah. job could have been the most meaningful thing for me that's beautiful and it's really cool because a lot of people don't necessarily feel like they encounter that much success within their career or with their work and that's kind of something they're striving for constantly and we're all constantly wanting to improve and be better but that's really cool and you should be super proud of yourself for getting there i hope you are every single day okay okay great some days <laughs> other days yeah are a little rough but you know i i remind myself of the the good the positive things about it yeah so you mentioned that there are so many different kind of facets facets right when i asked you where are you the most successful in, and you said oh well there's a lot of a lot that's the whole point of this podcast is that there are so many different definitions for different like places in our lives for the different categories that we have of our lives and i think that a lot of us don't actually sit down to take the time to define all of the different definitions of success for every area of our life so that is what i'm asking people to do here i want you to define success in different areas of your life for me so we're gonna start with family um what would you deem a successful family that can be a successful family dynamic, I would say, is more so what I'm aiming for? I think, well, I have a small family. It's just my parents, my sister, and me. I don't have any cousins. Um, you know, I had an uncle who died. My grandparents have all died. And, you know, it's now, it's just us four. And and it's always kind of been that way, <laughs> like even when my other relatives were alive. You know, we weren't super close with them, but we've always been a very close knit group. And, you know, with all of the like trials and tribulations of growing up and and life, you know, I've been very open with my my parents and sister and they've all been very open with me at each stage in in ways that I've seen other families not be open and close with each other, um, you know, with like romantic misadventures and things like that you know stuff that you don't normally talk to your parents about but my my sister and i will kind of share a lot of stuff that i i know that a lot of other people my age wouldn't um and you know that's just a an example of how close we are so i think just being able to be comfortable communicating with them um you know not feeling like you have to hide certain things or act a certain way or be a certain person around them you know just mm -hmm. really 
telling them, hey, this is what's going on with me. I'm stressed out in this way. My girlfriend's pissed at me about that. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff that you don't normally, that a lot of people at least don't normally talk to their parents about, but you know, I've always been able to do that. And because they've been so, so open and warm and great sense of humor, all of that. And what do you feel, how can people, because there's a lot of people, like you said, that don't have that. What is something that you could kind of advise people to do so that they do reach that kind of comfortability and openness with their families? I just feel like I got so lucky. Like my parents were always <laughs> that way. Um, you know, one thing, because they both had pretty um, rough childhoods and they weren't close with their parents, but um, one thing that they that they were open to before it became more accepted was therapy. Um, and I know that that's been a really important thing for them and keeping their marriage as strong as it is. Like they have the closest marriage of any marriage I've ever encountered in my whole life. It's, it's like pretty amazing. It's set like an unreasonably high standard for like what my sister and I are trying to achieve. But, um, but I know that that's something that that's really, really helped them. Um, and, you know, I think in, you know, getting a professional, uh, to, to help you learn coping mechanisms and communication is I think the biggest key. Um, at least one of the most important things that therapy can provide. Yeah. Yeah. So being open to therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just knowing, I love knowing it. when you, when you need help, when, you know, you're the bullshit in your brain is not correct and you need, you need someone else to like a, an objective third party to, um, to, to view it and, and kind of give you a different way of thinking about it. Mm. Yeah, completely agree with you. So moving into, um, you kind of t moving into a different kind of relationship. Let's talk about success within romantic relationships. You said you had a really beautiful kind of model of that with your parents. So what is a successful romantic relationship, romantic partnership? Hmm. I think knowing that the other person is flawed and loving them anyway, <laughs> like knowing that, that no person is perfect. You know, I think that, that movies have always given us this sort of like this bullshit, impossible um, view of, of what a successful relationship is and that, you know, everything's perfect. And there's this ideal person um, just like out there waiting for you, just need to meet them. And in today's society, I think it's an even bigger problem because with dating apps and things, people are so available and that you're, you're less likely to work through things with somebody because there's always this availability of everybody else. And you just think, oh, I'll just find something better if I just keep swiping or whatever. Um, so I think that, that people are less likely to work through the problems. And I think working through the problems is what brings a couple closer together. I know that was the case with my parents. They always tell me that they were like at the point of murdering each other the first year of their marriage. Um, and, you know, again, they were open to therapy, like couples therapy. And this was in the 70s before it was like even really cool to go to therapy like it is now. Yeah. Um, and, and it's because of that that, you know, now they, again, you know, have the, the best marriage I've ever seen. So, um, you know, and I know it's because they work through all of their stuff. Right. So then what are some of the traits? Like, give me like two traits that they have that um, kind of that work that you're like, okay, that's totally what I am, where I'm going to end up. 
the sense of humor is I think the the biggest thing. Like they're both yeah. really funny and they both make each other laugh all the time. I, I really think that that's the most important thing. And I've I've broken up with people because they weren't funny enough, <laughs> which is kind of rude. But you know, it's it's just like it's kind of what I, I grew up knowing and what I need, I guess. Maybe because of that, that shaped me, I guess. But you know, that's I think that's the most important thing for sure. Agreed. Um, you wanted two. Two. I don't know. I think that one's so important. It counts as two. That's I. I love that. I love that answer. So many people, and it's fun because I've been talking to people who are in have been through multiple marriages who have been, you know, just all the realms of relationships. And that's what most of them come down to is like, no, this is the person. If there's a person you're spending the most time with, if they don't make you laugh, like it's not going to fucking work. (laughs) So that, that makes sense. Cool. All right. So we've got relationships out of the way. Moving on. Talking about success within your home. As a 33-year-old man, what does success within your home look like? You mean like in my apartment? Like your physical space, yes. Like that specific. I don't know. I'm looking around right now. Um, <laughs> I'm a minimalist. That's great. I I don't like to complicate my life. You know, I I don't want a nice car. You know, I don't want nice, like really nice things. I have a comfortable couch and a comfortable bed. Um, that's I, I splurge on the couch. That's like the one thing, and uh, and that's really it. You know, I I don't like to have too many things that I have to worry about. You know, like I mm-hmm. I might be able to afford a nicer car now, but I I don't want one. So you know, I want like a, I have a Subaru Outback. I I love it. It gets me around. It like can you know handle the rugged terrain or whatever, if I ever decide to drive on a rugged terrain. But yeah, other than that, you know, I have some plants. Um, I have a ukulele. I don't know what else to tell you. Specifically, then I want to say, so success within your home. So being, staying, staying minimal, right? Kind of that. And just, or do you care about cleanliness? Do you care about any of that stuff? Like if I were to ask you, do you feel like you are successful in maintaining your home? What would you say? I could be better at cleaning the bathroom, but um, there's no there's no clutter. Let's just say that, you know. So I I don't want to like look around and, and feel like the place is a mess because then I'll it'll it'll make my mind feel cluttered. Um, okay. You know, I, I don't ever work in you know in my home, so I'm really just here to like eat and sleep and relax. You know, that's pretty much it. So your basics, your needs. Yeah, I don't have a lot of stuff. Right. Yeah. I wish I had that. I don't. <laughs> I have stuff everywhere. There's a huge difference between, I think, just people in their professions and their their home space, their home life. Okay, moving on. So in your career, in your work, what does success look like? It can be kind of like at the end of the day, like, okay, this was, this was a successful day. Successful day is, is knowing that you provided the best possible care for each patient. Um, you know, a good example actually would be yesterday. I, I had what I consider to be a great shift yesterday. Um, you know, in the ER, you don't, you never know what's going to come in. You know, it's going to be an easy day. It's going to be a really difficult day. Um, it's going to be a lot of bullshit, a bunch of meth addicts screaming and throwing, you know, their own feces at the nurses. That's happened a couple of times. <laughs> like it, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, but yesterday, 
there was one case and I kept saying, oh, this was, this was great. I, I was all pumped afterwards because this lady, she was, you know, pretty high functioning, older lady. She was like 75. Um, she called 911 from home. Uh, she lived alone, you know, again, like very high functioning 75 year old. Um, she was having some chest pain, some shortness of breath and paramedics came, they picked her up and, you know, they were driving her over to the ER and she went into cardiac arrest in the ambulance, heart stopped beating. And so they started CPR right away. Um, so, you know, they get her into the ER and, you know, we continue CPR. I put a breathing tube in her, you know, down her throat. And, and so we get on the ventilator, we get a pulse back. So we get her heart pumping again. And, um, and I'm trying to not get too technical what was going on, but like, but we got an EKG, look at her heart. And I could see that she was having a heart attack. Like she needed a stent put in by cardiologists. And, um, and so like I called the cardiologist and I sent him a picture of the, the EKG and proved it. And he's like, okay, I'll come in. So he comes in and they bring her up to the cath lab and they put a stent in and, uh, and she woke up and she was doing great. And she's, um, yeah, like awake, she's off the ventilator and like her totally neurologically intact, which like, you know, Gray's anatomy gives the lay person a false impression of what happens when someone gets CPR. Um, it, it works about one to 2% of the time, uh, in Grey's Anatomy, it works 75% of the time, but Holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah. But in real life, it's, it's rare and it's especially rare to get somebody to be themselves afterwards. You know, a lot of time there's a lot of brain damage that occurs even when they're getting good CPR, but anyway, so she is doing great, you know, so I can actually say like, oh, I saved a life. You know, you, you people throw that term around a lot, but it's rare that you can really feel that way. Um, but in her case, I get to kind of say that, which you do is crazy to, to really think about. But, you know, even now at this stage of my career, when like this has happened a couple of times, um, I still get get excited about it. So because, um, you know, usually when you're doing CPR, you get a pulse back. It's like, ugh, you know, it's especially during COVID, you know, like when you get when you back then, you know, or, or I guess kind of now, but it's not as bad now as it was in like January. But um, yeah. when you get a pulse back, it's like, uh, you know, how much brain damage does this person get during that? And it's uh, it's tough. You part of you almost wishes that, you know, you didn't just so you can like let them go peacefully. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, that wasn't the case yesterday. So that's a successful day. So at the end of the day, helping and knowing that you did your best is what you said, right? To help this other human. I mean, in very simple, very simple terms. Was that too technical? I don't know. <laughs> no, that was beautiful. No, 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 no. I think it's so interesting, though, that it can be that simple, even with a profession that is so... There's so many different variations of success, I feel like, within the medical field. Okay, so... Last one, just kind of overall life success. You look back at your life in 20, 30 years and you say, yeah, I've definitely lived a successful life. What does that mean? So I, I have a, um, a whole spiel about that question, actually. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> yeah, in, in residency, we do a lot of shifts in the ICU. And you, when you're in the, working in the ICU, you, uh, you see old people kind of slowly dying, you know, until, you know, and they know it and you know it and everything. And, um, <clears throat> but you get that chance sometimes to like actually talk to them before they, they do pass away. And, and, you know, I don't know what, I think I was going through this phase where I was getting very existential and, and all that, thinking about everything. And, uh, 
yeah, I got into this habit of asking them, you know, like, like what, what advice would you give to a single 33 year old right now? You know, like looking back on your life, like, what would you tell me? Um, you know, if you were in my shoe and every, every single time, and this was probably maybe like 10, 15 people, you know, every single one of them said they wish that they worked less and that they, that they told their family members more that they loved them. Every single person said the exact same thing. It like, it blew my mind. And I like, it got to a point where I knew what they were going to say. They all said that they wish that they worked less. Um, you know, and they were from an older generation, all of them, where I think back then they were told that they had to work. You know, you get that house, the white picket fence, all that stuff, and that's it. Um, you know, you work nine to five or longer, you know, just to get that stuff. Um, and, that, and that possessions, like, gave your life more value, things like that. Um, I think that our generation is much different in that way. Uh, that we don't really think that. And like me personally, you know, I've already cut back my hours drastically. Um, like I only work 10 shifts a month now, eight hour shifts, that's 80 hours a month, which wow. is like, you know, I'm making way less than I could potentially be making, but honestly, like I really don't care. Um, yeah. You have to enjoy your life too. Yeah. Like it's not worth it if you, you know, if you make all this money and you have nothing to spend it on. And nobody no time. with, I think that's really important. You know, I was actually talking to a surgeon, a uh, friend of mine here in LA, and he, he works about a hundred to 120 hours a week. Um, which is like, I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, he really doesn't sleep. He's, you know, he's 40 he's single. He, you know, like doesn't know anybody. We're only friends because we work in the same building. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and he, he was telling me that he, that he's actually going to like take a hiatus for a little while. And I was like, good, you should. And he's like, wow, you're the first person to tell me that, that that was a good thing. And he said, every, every other person, you know, all of them are in the medical field. They all, um, and most of them that he was talking to were older people that um, were telling him that he shouldn't do that. But me being, you know, 33 year old, I told him it was a good thing. So yeah. Um, you know, and it, he, I could tell how happy he was that <laughs> he wasn't crazy. Um, but again, I think it's kind of a generational thing. But I know mm -hmm. that, that I'm never going to regret, you know, making a little bit less money so that I could, you know, experience life. Yeah. So as long as you're kind of keeping that in, in mind, you feel like that's a successful life. But look at you with your beautiful life views and perspectives. <laughs> you know, these good answers. Is this usable are, material? <laughs> this is all usable material. These are beautiful. So, okay, so let's wrap up and just talk about really fast. One last question is, do you feel like you celebrate your success every day? No, I don't. Mm. I, I dwell too much on the things that I feel like I could have done better, regardless mm -hmm. of how well I did. Um, and, you know, people tell me how good a job I'm doing pretty frequently and there's still that that like you know shy 13 year old pubescent Evan somewhere inside my brain all the time telling me that you know I'm not good enough or I didn't do this you know I screwed that up whatever um and you know I have to to sort of sometimes take a 
look at myself in the mirror and be like, you know, you've worked really hard. You've learned a lot of things. You've gotten good at a lot of things. And uh, I have to continually remind myself of that. Mm-hmm. Been better, but you know, again, there's, you know, the medical training, especially, you know, people talk down to you and really beat you down for a long time, make you feel bad about yourself. Um, so, you know, you get bullied quite frequently. So I have to remind myself like, Hey, there's no one here to bully me anymore. I'm, I'm now the guy, I'm not a resident anymore. So, um, still getting used to that. Yeah. So, and it's a daily practice. It's every single day. I always tell people you have to celebrate every little success so that you're naturally are just like, damn, I, my successes outweigh my failures, quote unquote, because honestly, oftentimes they do. So let's do that now. Let's celebrate you. What is something that is successful about your day so far today? Um, well, I'm happy I got to do this. Amazing. You're happy you got to do this. This was a success, but you like got up, you got out of bed. Did you shower? Did you like get yourself ready? No. Yeah, I did like the basic activities of daily living, but. (laughs) Some people don't do that, right? Some people like don't have it in them to do that. So let's celebrate that even. Okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. Got up, showered, had coffee and breakfast, you know, got on the, got on the zoom call with you. Like I got, I did things. I put my socks on. (laughs) I will put shoes on. See? And now you're going to have a great energy for all the patients that you get to interact with today. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Evan. It was so fun talking to you. And I'll have to have you share more stories because you have a lot of stories that I think people could benefit from hearing. I'd be happy to. This was was fun. I was glad I was able to get to do this. Me too. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) 